Oh, I don't know how I can follow that. I really, really do not know how I can follow that. That is a cracking tale. Good non-specific time of the day. Our top story this hour. Two newspaper journalists have downloaded a royalty-free generic breaking news bed in a vain attempt to bring some production values to their new podcast. However, the pair admitted that everything that comes after this is essentially just a nonsensical phone call between two friends. Welcome to Ben and Benji Do The News. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Benji Do The News, our weekly podcast where we look at the stories that you probably won't find on the front pages, but they're things that we found funny. We think that's good enough to include them in our little podcast. Benji, how are you doing? I'm really good, thanks, Ben. Uh, Yeah, excited to get going. Next week, I'm hopefully completing on a house. So yesterday, uh, I sent the deposit over, Uh um, or so I thought, with um, Metro Bank. Yeah, Uh, Don't worry, they're not going (laughs) to... not going to get any free publicity out of this anecdote uh, uh, isn't it i thought this might be a sponsorship for a second <laughs> but if they do want to sponsor it they've got some bloody making up to do oh god uh, what's happened so i sent a uh, chaps payment yesterday do you know what that is um that's for those leather trousers that cowboys wear isn't it <laughs> get your mind out the gutter <laughs> um, and uh, so it was on friday actually i spent 25 quid to send over quite a large amount of money um and it didn't go over because um they forgot oh (laughs) did did the mortgage person actually say that to you yeah the person at the bank says sorry that the money didn't go over because we forgot um you do want transparency from your bank (laughs) (laughs) but maybe not that kind of transparency it's funny in something as big as a bank, you would think like forgetting wasn't an option. It's just if they got a list of like three things on it, lock you know the what? safe, move Benji's money across. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what my retort was to them? <laughs> Go on. And looking back at it, it was pathetic. I said, the woman down the end of the phone was like, genuinely couldn't give it a shit. She said, sorry, we forgot. Um, and I said, well, you won't find this happening at NatWest. <laughs> <laughs> and then you slammed the door. <laughs> and stormed up to my room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, should we get uh, going, right? Let's. I think you are taking the baton for the first one. What is it? That's it. So my first story this week is an amazing woman. Who So a pilot from Ohio has been stripped of her license by the Federal Aviation Administration, right? 78-year-old Martha Lucan is described in the article as a veteran instructor, columnist and former federal air safety inspector. So she's got, you know, she's 78. She's got a lot of experience. Why would you take a license off someone? So I thought maybe it could be an age thing, something like that. No, what she did was she decided to fly her plane under a highway bridge. <laughs> what a fucking legend! <laughs> That's pretty badass, isn't it, right? You, you think a stunt like that would require sort of like a lot of planning and, right, I'm going to do this. But le- the legend that she is casually claims to have done it on a whim as she was heading back to the airport. She's quoted as saying... I looked over my shoulder and saw the bridge. I said, before I get too old, I have to fly under that bridge one time. It didn't take any skill. It provided no danger to anyone. But of course, I knew it was illegal. 
I think she's a potential contender for the Gillian Bayford Award for Audacity. <laughs> you caught on to that very early, because <laughs> let, let me continue, and you will definitely want to give her that award, I think, right? So she was caught because she was um, she was caught on CCTV as she flew under the bridge. But what really pissed the authorities off is the fact that they claim that she turned off her flight data transmitter <laughs> to avoid detection. <laughs> now, she she denies that claim, saying it must have come out. But it does sound like one of those classic excuses, isn't it? Like, where work call, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm on a train at the moment. I'm just about to go into a... T- <laughs> is, she a um, is she a former Metro Bank employee? <laughs> yeah. I forgot to turn it on. Sorry. It, <laughs> it was on, on a list. Sorry, it happens. You wouldn't, you wouldn't find EasyJet doing that. <laughs> yeah. mm, outrage. <laughs> She, though, stuck to her guns and said that she didn't turn it off. She said, I know what I did and did not turn off. (laughs) But she said uh, she couldn't afford to appeal and she's um, not an irresponsible pilot. I would never have put anyone in danger. Now, her actions have had mixed reviews. Some have called her irresponsible and one um, article in the aviation press uh, (laughs) described her actions as boneheaded. But others have said removing a license and certificates was heavy-handed right now. <laughs> but it's this last line that I think puts her in a strong position for the Bayford Award for Audacity. Right. The last line says that she was revising to take her pilot certificate next year. <laughs> <laughs> so she's literally just so been she like... Wasn't a pilot. No, but she's she's just going to retake the test. She's basically been banned from being a pilot, and she's just gone. Okay, fine. I'll just have pass the test again. Get the bridge ready. Oh, she sounds like such a hero. Honestly, no. I, I mean that quote. I think I know what I did and didn't turn off. Yeah, exactly. A bit of sass with it. It's like yeah. you've been caught flying under a bridge, and you're like, just yeah. She's. Uh, I get, I get the criticism, but at the same time, it's just she's so badass around it. You just have to <laughs> applaud her. Oh, fair play to her! I love that. That's good. Good tell. So, this one is about a court case in Germany, Benji, and someone has been behaving like a total cock. Right? <laughs> now that is because the person person at the heart of this legal battle is Meister Edda. <laughs> a mixed breed broad chested cockerel who has been annoying a neighbour with his loud crowing. Oh, now, I love these sorts of <laughs> stories. Know, brilliant, isn't it? That neighbour has taken Meister Edda's owner, Carrion Pfeiffer Rockenfeller, to court. <laughs> oh, hang on a sec. Can you say that again? Can you say that name again? Carrion Pfeiffer Rockenfeller. Oh, yes. <laughs> powerful it's a powerful rest- name. It's a wrestler, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and now, welcome to the ring, Carrion Pfeiffer Rockenfeller. <laughs> <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo! Yeah, see for that. Make sure you take that bit out. <laughs> so the neighbour is... So I, I kind of thought if you were complaining about a cockerel, you'd want that cockerel to be confiscated, depending how vindictive you are, maybe put down. Yeah. But she's demanding that Meister Edders be shut in a soundproof room overnight. <laughs> I love the idea it's a glass box and you can just see him just crowing his little heart out, but it's just dead silence. 
Now, <coughs> his owner, Carrion, has countered that. Locking away Meister Edda would harm his health because the soundproofing required would also make his coop too warm. <laughs> it's great because she's really fighting this. She said, I'm going to see this through to the end. I've been here 30 years and this is a farming area. If my neighbour is so sensitive to noise, he should move his bed or put earplugs in. <laughs> was that the cockerel that made yeah. that right? <laughs> <laughs> that was Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> it's one of those stories that I think is kind of initially funny. It's one of those classic kind of neighbour row things. But the details go on. So it must be quite big news in uh, southwestern Germany because a TV crew were dispatched to the farm in the village of Abdweiler. They, Ooh, they, set, yeah. <laughs> they set up sound equipment to measure how loud the crowing was. Um, and I'm sure this has just been dropped into the copy as a way of sort of making these figures relatable. So um, they found that Meister Edda's crowing was about 70 decibels when he was outside, slightly quieter than a vacuum cleaner. The next morning at 5.30, when he emitted his first cock-a-doodle-doo while sitting inside the coop, they measured at 54.5 decibels about the volume of an electric toothbrush. <laughs> I get why they're in there, but it just puts this idea in my mind that there's actually a table to measure noise <laughs> that is just based on sort of household, um, household item. It's like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's only as loud as a chopstick being placed on a pillow. This is ridiculous. Close it down. That's as loud as a washer dryer being thrown down the stairs. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. But the, the final bits of this, there's more at stake than just the cockerel on the farm. So owner Karen says she's concerned that if she gives in or loses the case, she may be told to keep her sheep and horses quiet too. <laughs> just imagine that on the farm. Bush! I want to see all these animals in this soundproof room with padded walls like a recording studio all all hustled in at night (laughs) Abbey Road Farm and they all sing a song together (laughs) the horses are like with their hooves just holding onto the headphones (laughs) I can imagine Mike dangling down (laughs) I'm just going to wrap this story up right so I thought this was going to be one of those stories with a neighbourly dispute, you know, two people, bit of an eccentric story. But it's actually a really big issue, right? So there's a campaign to protect the sensory heritage of rural life, which has seen 37,000 people in Germany sign a petition to back it. And it comes after a five-year-long court battle over the clanking of cowbells in Bavaria, which <laughs> saw a farmer have to remove bells from all but three of his herd. <laughs> But there is hope for Karen and Meister Eddie, and that hope comes in the form of Maurice. You may ask who Maurice is. He's a French cockerel who was also taken to court over his crowing and won. And he helped bring about legislation that protected the sounds and smells of the French countryside. So I say, justice for Meister Edda. Free the Abdeweiler one. My stories are a tale of two tyrants, uh, mm. Ben, um, and this coming straight out of North Korea. Kim Jong-un bans mullets and skinny jeans in North Korea <laughs> in a swipe at decadent Western styles. Um, apparently he... <laughs> 
<laughs> Pat Sharp is not welcome in North Korea. <laughs> I mean, no, I, nothing says decadence like a mullet haircut and skinny jeans. Forget caviar. This is where we've been going wrong in the West. Um, his decision was out of concern that they reflect Western cultures that might influence young people in the country and impact his regime. North Korea recognises 15 approved haircuts. Luckily, Kim Jong-un's own one is on there. Um, And um, he said, we must be wary of even the slightest sign of a capitalistic lifestyle (laughs) 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 and fight to get rid of them. Um, I love that of all the things of capitalism, the mullet and the skinny jeans are sort of like the most toxic. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently he says, history teaches us a crucial lesson that a country can become vulnerable and eventually collapse like a damp wall, (laughs) (laughs) regardless of its economic and defence power, if we do not hold on to our own lifestyle. I'm not sure that's worked out for Kim Jong-un and his oppressed population. The idea that the mullet is a political threat. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the things that must be going on. We're not going to send over a nuclear bomb. We're sending over the mullet. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to drop 80s Arkansas on them. (laughs) And play Wham! at the same time. (laughs) You've got dissident groups, students meeting up, talking about their freedoms and everything. Twitching the curtains, you know, trusted members to gather to sort of wear fake mullets and skinny (laughs) jeans in an act of rebellion. (laughs) Oh, it's great. I'd love it if the mullet really did make an impact. If If they were to ban something that actually was a symbol of the West and capitalistic, I'd start with self checkouts. Lazy Boys, you know, three-quarter length Deodora um, sort of um, (laughs) jogging bottoms with a sort of um, elasticated waist and buzz cuts. I think they might have this one wrong. Yeah, definitely. I I would be really interested to know the research on this, like the report that's been presented to Kim Jong-un. What have they been watching and reading to assess that, oh God, the mullet, there lies trouble. That's the road to ruin. (laughs) You're okay with all of the other things about capitalism, but no, 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 no. (laughs) You know, business in the front, party in the back. No, (laughs) it's must stop. (laughs) It's funny you mention Kim Jong-un though, because it always reminds me of being on the Daily Star. And it's probably good to mention the Twitter account, Second Mentioned and Nobly Monsters here, because whenever I see a story about Kim Jong-un, he reminds me of the ultimate Second Mention. I remember having sort of competition Petitions almost to see how many different second mentions we could get of Kim Jong-un. So like once you've worn out, you know, like North Korean leader, the obvious ones. I remember getting up to nine and the only two I can remember is something like Tubby Tyrant and Diminutive Death Spot. But he's just <laughs> such good fodder for those well, things. Well, this, it's funny you mention that because I'm not going to slag off the journalists that wrote this. But they didn't get any of those wonderful second mentions in, and the one and the ones that I like that I remember too. I remember Tubby Tyrant, but I actually remember Dumpy Despot. Oh, okay, <laughs> Dumpy Despot. That's another acceptable alternative. <laughs> it's a bit more reductive, isn't it? Yeah, really put the boot in. <laughs> Although on this, I'm, tra- I'm transporting myself back to that office, and I'm thinking if it was a Sunday shift and I'd been given this on the desk to write I would probably be getting some sort of like the mullet monger or something like that (laughs) mullet hating tyrant that would probably be in the intro actually wouldn't it (laughs) mullet hating tyrant Kim (laughs) Jong-un 
My next story concerns um, another dictator, but this one falls to Adolf Hitler. Okay. So, uh, who didn't mind mullets and skinny jeans, (laughs) all right? (laughs) He was a bad guy, but he did leave the mullet alone. (laughs) (laughs) And the headline is, and this is what drew me, the headline is, what's that Nazi smell? (laughs) Right? Adolf Hitler's toilet key is up for grabs 76 years after his headquarters was bombed. So it was recovered from the Nazi leader's desk before the blast in Berlin. Um, and apparently the key could fetch £300 next year at CNT auctions in Ashford, Kent. It's the, the keys, that's a very small, pathetic key. It's not a proper toilet key with like, you know, like a big radar key or something like that. <laughs> um, it's, a, got a, it's a metal key fob. It's adorned with Nazi political eagles, swastika, all of that sort of stuff. And it kind of got me thinking, who the fuck wants to buy Hitler's toilet key? I've got two thoughts on that because I completely agree. I wonder who wants that. It's just, it's not a great thing to boast, is it? It's like, yay, come back to my place. We can have a few drinks. I'll show you Hitler's toilet key. And what if you brought it into work and then you needed to use the key? How many eyebrows would that have? <laughs> yeah, you don't want that falling out your pocket, do you, on the tube <laughs> platform? I can explain. I'm not a Nazi. That's uh, Hitler's toilet key. Yeah, mate, all right. Um, but yeah, how much yeah. did you say it would fetch? Not interested. Just, just want to check. <laughs> You say three hundred pounds. It said it, three hundred quid. It's not a lot, is it? It's like I would have thought anything. I've been ripped off for key rings in uh, in uh, Costa Costa del Sol for more than that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm surprised. I mean, do you know, go, going back to, I think I can't remember which episode it was, but that costs less than a long hula hoop. <laughs> That long hula hoop that we spoke about was going up for auction for seven hundred pounds. Well, well, then that key is going. In- to our Museum of Curiosities, and I'm not hearing another word said about it. <laughs> Definitely. It's not being auctioned off for the NHS then, is it? <laughs> well, it goes on. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but it is, it, my final kind of say on it is Hitler's toilet key is real downstairs loo uh, type material. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the idea, though, that that headquarters was being bombed. So they were running for their life. It's like, no, no, get the key. <laughs> I'm busting. <laughs> they got the key, locked the loo, and still no one can get in there. Because you know what it's like when you're at a train platform and the toilet's locked. You want to yeah. use the disabled loo and it's locked. So, but do you know what? And you may want to cut this bit out. So I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to strap in for this. Right. Hit me. But Hitler, Hitler was a bad man. He did a lot of bad things. But it takes a particular sort of person to lock a toilet and only have one key. That is just abhorrent behaviour. Yeah, that does. I think that boils down to the core of the man, doesn't it? <laughs> to, yes. to, he, he probably just stood and watched other people busting for the loo and just been like, I don't know where the key is. <laughs> but you do not have the key. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we'll call it for another week. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, we've got a we've got to hand out the uh, Audacity Award. Are we handing it out on Twitter, or are we handing it out live on the show? Let's throw it out 
to our listeners. So as a recap, who do we have? We have uh, Martha Lunken, the pilot who flew under the bridge (laughs) (laughs) and doesn't give a damn. Um, We have Meister Edda and his owner Karen. And then it's a choice of two tyrants, a mullet banning Kim Jong-un or a toilet controlling Adolf Hitler. (laughs) You decide. You decide. Just go to at Ben and Benji on Twitter and we will set up a poll. And that's us. I'll catch you next week then, Benji. I'll catch you next week. Over and out. Bye-bye.